Hello, Impact Christian Church. I'm so excited to share with you uh, this morning. My name is Alan Schwartz, and I'm an elder, and I'm so excited. I titled this message, Trial of Your Faith. And we've seen so many times this message probably preached before, but I feel like it's such a fitting time to share this. So if we could open our Bibles up to James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for this day that you've given us, Father God. We thank you for those who are here at church today and those that are watching, Lord. We thank you for those who aren't able to and maybe dealing with sickness of some sort, um, just that you would be with their bodies, Father God. We know that you heal. We know that you're able to do anything, Father God. And we thank you for this day that you've given us and let us use our breath for you, Lord. And let us not take this day for granted, no matter how hard, challenging it is. I'd be with all those that has lost people this year, Lord, and just with their grieving hearts. And let this message resonate with us all, including my mouth. And let me be a mouthpiece for you, Father God. Amen. Have um, any of you ever taken up running, hiking, or any other strenuous activity before? Because when you first start out, it's pretty easy But when you're in about the middle of the race, it gets pretty hard. You start huffing a little bit. You start trying to catch your breath. Your legs get tired. They get fatigued and sometimes some kind of pain. But after weeks, months, and even sometimes years of training to maybe run a mile or two or a strenuous activity, our endurance grows. Our endurance gets better and these activities get easier to do, easier to do as we do them more because practice is the best medicine, as they say. The point of this illustration is to say that because of the trials, we're eventually able to build up endurance. And in the same way, the first in your notes is when we suffer various trials in our lives, James says that we build up endurance in our Christian walk. I want to ask you, is it your heart that needs change? Maybe it's bitterness holding on to bitterness, unforgiveness. Maybe your foul mouth. Maybe things that you say aren't so good, aren't so nice about people. Gossip or another area that I didn't even mention, but you know and the Lord knows that you need to work on. Second in your notes is work on those areas of your life to build endurance for the Lord. This passage, James 1, 2 through 4, actually is a letter written from James himself. And he shares with us Christians how to have growth in God. James was actually inspired to write this because he wanted us to be mature in our faith, in Christ, by living out what we say we believe. Now that's very powerful. And next in your notes, I actually want to ask you that. And I want you to write this down and remember it and look at it frequently. How many of you are living out what you say you believe? 
Because it's so easy to say something. It's so easy to say God is so good. I have, you know, God gives me peace, comfort. But it's another to live out what you're preaching and what you're saying and what you believe. Because when you really believe it, you'll start living it out. And this passage here was actually addressed to the Christian churches and to the 12 tribes mentioned in verse 1, just one passage above. The 12 tribes referred to the Jewish people. And the Jewish people here were actually the offspring of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and even Jacob's sons. And now, what I want to talk about, let's dive into some um, some relatable situations. Relatable situations that I think we can all relate to. All of us here have those family members that can drive us crazy, that get on our last nerves, right? That we may not want to see because we don't know what they're going to say to us. How about moments where we don't see eye to eye with our spouses? Now, for you men watching, you husbands, please don't kick your wives under the table when I say this. Because it'll be a long car ride home. But you wives can do that to your husbands. Honest note though. Moments where we don't see eye to eye with our spouses. Times when our children drive us up a wall. How do we react? What do we do? The pain. The pain that we're dealing with. May it be physical, emotional, mental. is so unbearable that it brings us to our knees. We don't know if we could take it anymore. Or people, people who are starting so much drama and talking so much trash, they're only happy if they're starting drama. It's extremely difficult to count it pure joy when everywhere we turn, something bad is happening in our lives. You ever have those days, whatever you do, even if it's a completely easy task or it's supposed to be and it goes completely wrong? It seems like so many times that happens right before I'm about to go to church. I ask for patience and something happens where I'm not so patient in the morning or with my children or just something. What has happened to you where you know that you could learn more patience from? If you've not experienced some kind of pain or or hardship of any kind or suffering... It must be because of two reasons. You must be too young or you're not telling the truth. (laughs) James tells us, though, in this text to consider it great joy or pure joy whenever we as Christians experience trials. Not if we experience trials, but whenever. Now, that's very challenging. But man, is it a great reminder. A lot of us don't like this passage because it's so difficult. But everything in the word of God needs to be talked about. The good, the difficult times, because we need to do it all, right? And so next in our notes is this. We, whenever we face trials, consider it pure joy. Whenever we face trials, consider it pure joy. And in case we think maybe James is a little off base here, or maybe he had a little uh, too much wine and communion, um, let's consider what Jesus says in Matthew, in Matthew 24, 9, that backs this statement up. It says, then they will hand you over to be persecuted and they will kill you. 
you will be hated by all nations because of my name. Or even John fifteen eighteen, it tells us, if the world hates you, understand that it hated me before it hated you. Guys, I joked about this a little bit, but people already may not like us. <laughs> people may already hate us. So why not be hated for the Lord? But what it's really talking about in this passage is that we'll be persecuted. We'll be hated if we love the Lord. But regardless, we should continue doing what is right. Also, listen to the words of Paul in 2 Timothy 3.12, which is in your notes as well. And it says, in fact, all who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Now, pain, suffering, trial, sorrow, heartache. Grieving. It isn't something you could just run from. It isn't something you could play hide and seek from and run away from. It will happen to you. You can't hide from them. You can try, but they'll catch up to you. It's just a matter of time. Now, I know that doesn't sound encouraging, but it's the truth. But it's what we do with those storms that allow us to grow with our relationship with Jesus Christ. So when storms come our way, And everything isn't so easy. We have a decision to make. We are not only to consider to be joyful. When when our health is good. When our finances are doing okay. When our marriage is good. Or even when our loved ones are still with us. No, no, no. What it says here is we're also to consider joy and to rejoice and be joyful even when our health isn't good. Even when finances are like non-existent. And even when our marriage is on the rocks. And I believe for a lot of you watching whose marriage is on the rocks, I believe a lot of times it happens because God wants to work in you before you can work even in your marriage. Because there's something in you that God wants to work in before you both could come together and work as a team, united in one. The thing is, God wants us to be consistently consistent with our walk with him. But so many times, we're the complete opposite. We're inconsistently, we're inconsistent with our walk. And this is another great passage to remind us that God is always great. And James reminds us to count all the pain we encounter, to count it all joy. This this doesn't mean we can't cry, we can't grieve, or even be angry at times. Not at all. It means with those feelings, we also are to rejoice, knowing if it's God's will for our lives, then that's okay. And we choose to trust him. Now, it's hard to count all joy when a doctor has just diagnosed you. With cancer. And maybe it's stage four. The worst of the worst. And he's given you six months to live. It's challenging. Or maybe we filed bankruptcy. And we know that we love our house. But we're about to lose it. Or, or maybe our marriage is failing. And we don't know what to do. Or maybe. Which is so hard. We lost a family member. Man is it hard. Because you can't talk to them again. You can't see them again, have those great times with them here on earth. 
and you miss hearing from them. But guys, God wants us to get to a place when we look at our life and when we go through all the hard times and the great memories as well as the bad times and the sad times we've had and have made. James is also telling us not to forget about the difficult times that we have encountered because they allow us to be the men and women of God that we are today if we use it to strengthen us and equip us. He says, count it all joy, which means the good, the bad, the ugly, the sad. We are count all things of life joy because we know that all these bad things that had happened to us when we trust God to take care of us will allow us to grow in our walk with Christ. If we trust him, it will allow us to want more of him and less of ourselves. And in fact, it will make us be more dependent to God and less dependent upon ourselves. That's where we need to be. We need to say, you know what, God? I don't understand what's going on. It hurts. It doesn't feel good. I don't get it. But I choose to trust you anyways. Because I know that your ways are higher than my ways. Next in your notes, joy doesn't mean no pain or grief. It means through the grieving to also be rejoicing. In case you didn't catch that, it's very important. Joy doesn't mean no pain or grief. It means through the grieving to also be rejoicing. I think a good example of discipline and Jesus as our Lord and Savior and how he disciplines his children, meaning through perseverance and through discipline, is Hebrews 12, 6 through 11. I think it's fabulous. And it says, because the Lord disciplines the one he loves and he chastens everyone he accepts as his son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as his children. For what children are not disciplined by their father? If you are not disciplined and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are not legitimate. Not true sons and daughters and all. Moreover, we have all had human fathers who disciplined us and we respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of spirits and live? They disciplined us for a little while, as they thought best. But God disciplines us for our good, in order that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who've been trained by it. This passage is so relatable. So relatable to us parents who have children, right? For example, we want our children to respect us, to obey us, sometimes just to listen to us, right? And those around them and obey us because we want what's best for them and, and to raise them in a godly manner. But it isn't always fun. It isn't always easy. 
But discipline is necessary. And then I'll tell you what, I've seen people at the stores, I've seen family members who haven't disciplined, and man, you notice, because they just run amok all over the place. And man, it comes to haunt them. These kids just running, destroying everything. Discipline is hard, but man, is it necessary, and sometimes it's painful, but the end result is amazing. When they understand and they start listening to you and knowing that there are consequences for their actions, it is so rewarding. Or when they say sorry, when they made a mistake because they know what they did was wrong. Kids know, even at a very young age, trust me, kids know they're smarter than we even think. God also wants what is best for us and sometimes that's with Hard discipline and learning through hardships. And some of us need a good spanking or two even this morning to wake up because God's been trying to do everything to wake you up and nothing's working. Hardships have come your way where God's like, hey, lean on me and you haven't. You've been resisting him for far too long. He's like, here I am. Here I am. Come to me. I've been waiting for you. So many of us have two columns in our life, the good columns and the bad columns. But what we see here in this verse is that James is trying to teach us to stop putting things in two different columns and categories and put everything in the joyful column. And I'm sure that so many of you have a hard time seeing that at this moment in time. The reason is because this is how life works. You see, it isn't easy. It seems as though you just paid off one credit card and you're debt free. You're so excited. You've been waiting for so long to pay off this credit card. And so you go to the mailbox and you're getting your mail and you're like, oh, no, I forgot this was coming and my registration just came. And as you leave and you're still so upset because you just worked so hard to pay off this credit card, you noticed that your car brakes went out. You're like, oh, are you kidding me? And then after your car brakes, you think you're done. You go inside of your house and the air's messed up. Man, tell me this doesn't happen to us. This might sound extreme to some of us, but this is real life problems. These are real life issues. These happen. And it's like you can't catch a break anywhere. Anything you do, everything you touch, it's like a disaster. And you're like pulling out your hair saying, Lord, I don't think I can take any more. What's crazy though, you guys, is that James doesn't say, poor you. He doesn't say to have a pity party. He doesn't say, woe is me. But how many of us just feel so sorry for ourselves instead of picking ourselves up and drawing even closer to Christ and saying, man, you know what? I'm going to move out of the way. I may not go to mailbox for a few days because I don't know what's going to be in there. And literally just trust God, even though it hurts, even though you don't have any money to your name, even though it's a struggle, even though you don't, you're bedridden, even if you're in so much pain, you don't know how you're going to make it, but you still press on to keep moving forward every day. Because I'm telling you, woe is me isn't going to get you out of bed every single day. No, Jesus' strength is going to get you out of bed every single day. And even could possibly put a smile on your face when you're going through hell on earth. 
when life hurts and doesn't make sense. Again, count it all joy. I know many of you at this point in time, you, you can't follow what I'm saying. And this is because we need a lot of work in this area and in our walk to be done before we could say, before we could even believe these things and get to a place in our walk with Christ where we can actually do this. We are to count all these hardships and trials all joy because that is what a mature Christian is to do. Now again, is it easy? Absolutely not. If anyone tells you it is, they're full of it. It's so hard But a lot of times the hardest things in life have the best rewards at the end. Just like when we take our last breath here on earth if we're followers of Jesus Christ. Next in your notes, God is, I love this. God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. He wants us, he cares more about us being like him than us being comfortable in situations and scenarios. He wants us to be comfortable in our walk with Christ and a mature Christian. And a lot of times that means suffering. God is more interested in making your life holy than he is in making your life easy. God is more interested in making your life complete than uncompleted. Have you ever seen rose bushes? but without any roses that have blossomed. But over time, they finally have blossomed into these beautiful roses. This is a lot like our walk with the Lord. We've been dry for so long, for so long. But then once we get into the word and we learn to trust God and we pray and we count our suffering all joy and actually cling on to God and leave stuff at the foot of his for help, then we actually start to blossom into these beautiful roses. But it takes time to get there. Prayer to get there. Diving in the word of God to get there. A whole lot of maturity to get there. Perseverance. And most of all, a whole, whole lot of patience as well. In verse 3, we see that it says, because you know that the testing of your faith Produces what? It produces perseverance. Next in your notes, it's important to know that your faith has to be tested. Because you don't know if your faith is legit until it's been tested. I read that a little quick, but I'll reread it. It's important to know that your faith has to be tested. Because you don't know if your faith is legit until it's been tested. Until you've been through the fire, until bad things have happened to you, until trials have happened to you, your faith isn't the real deal until you've been tested. There will be growth and strength developed, though. That's the hope. There will be strength, endurance, growth over time. When you hang on and you cling in to God, it will be worth rejoicing over. Even while it hurts, even while it's not fun, even when it's hard to pray sometimes. But man, continue to give your problems to God, even when what you're praying for may not make sense. Even when it's hard. Next in your notes, 
You don't believe God can work a way out for you until you're in a situation where only God could work it out for you. Have you been in one of those situations before? I know I have several different times. Faith in being tested gives you the opportunity to keep trusting God even when you don't understand what is going on around you. Testing is treating my friends good even when I want to punch them in the face when they're not treating me very well. Testing is when I'm treating my family well even when they're not being the nicest but I'm showing them the love of Jesus Christ. I believe that even... Even through our situations, even if they're so challenging and through the hardest ones of all. And it may not make sense that if we follow Christ, that he won't let us down. That he won't let us down. And this is going to really be hard to hear for a lot of us, if not all of us. But being joyful and rejoicing is actually the capacity to accept Or tolerate delay. I just started the first sentence and it's already difficult, right? Trouble or suffering without getting angry or upset. I'm going to continue even after that, okay? Or the quality of being patient as bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune, or pain without complaint, loss of temper, And irritation. Yikes, right? I have a lot to work on. I don't know about you, but I have a lot to work on. I know we all have some work to do in this area of our lives. Man, it's challenging. Oh, it's so hard. But man, I felt like it was so fitting to talk about this today. You see, the devil, the devil, which sometimes we miss fortune, we misuse, but the devil wants to use trials to discourage us, to put fear in us. To weigh us down, to weaken us, to destroy us, to turn us against one another, even as brothers and sisters. To talk bad about others. To turn our sorrow into fear. And to even turn us against God. But what's awesome is God wants the complete opposite for our lives. God wants to use them to strengthen us. He wants to use trials to strengthen us, to complete us, to equip us so we will never go thirsty again. So we can go to war with anything that comes our way. When any trial comes our way, we'll be equipped to defeat it. Because God gives us the strength to defeat anything. Because man, we've been through a lot of trials. But thank you, Jesus, for you being in our hearts and you being first place in our life, Father God. I don't want you to get happiness confused with joy. They're two different things. Happiness is based on our circumstances. Joy is based on our salvation. Happiness is temporary. Joy is eternal. Happiness can be taken from us. Joy is secured by the creator of the universe, our Lord and Savior. Having joy includes feeling good, cheer, and vibrant happiness. The joy in its fuller spiritual meaning 
of expressing God's goodness involves so much more. In fact, it is deep-rooted, inspired happiness. That's what joy is. It's a deep-rooted, inspired happiness. The Bible actually tells us what? The joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah tells us that real joy comes from the God, comes from God, excuse me, and is ours forever. Now, I want to share this with you. Stop allowing your circumstances to tell you where your relationship with Christ should be and how you should love God and why you should love God. I know so many people, probably even watching, but I know a lot of people who've walked away from Christ and say, you know what, I no longer believe anything that I believed. Every song that I wrote for so long and everything I learned for so long and was taught forever, I no longer believe any of that because God let me down. Because God didn't heal me or God didn't come to my rescue. But I'm here today to share with you, that's not a relationship with God. We we can't think that way. And suddenly that God doesn't love us? Are you kidding me? Do not allow your circumstances for one minute make you run away from God. Now, of course, we could question. We could It's a relationship. We could talk to Christ and ask why, of course. We could even be upset at the situation. And ask God why. But to run away from him is leaving him high and dry. And we easily forget. I think we easily forget this. John 16, 33. I mean, this is so important, you guys. It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have what? It says peace. But right here it says, in this world you will have trouble. What? But take heart, I have overcome the world. But yet when trouble arises, we are like blown away when trouble arises. Guys, if the Lord doesn't do one more thing for any of us here ever again, no matter what it is, God sent his one, his one and only son on the cross so we could have everlasting life with him for heaven Jesus is amazing, and that in itself is more than any of us in this entire world deserve, and then some. It's way more than we can fathom. So stop using excuses while you are running away, and start running towards Christ. Because who do you run toward when you suffered from depression? When the drugs and the high leaves, who do you run to? Because it fades, it goes away. All these things that you think are make you so happy, they're just temporary. But God, God of the universe, God who created you, God who created me, he fills that void and makes us joyful forever. And of course, of course, there's going to be moments when we're sad or depressed, have anxiety or whatever the case may be. But I'm talking about a a spiritual joy, a joy that can only come from Christ and Christ alone. You know, if you can leave God over circumstances, no matter how hard they are, I challenge you today. I challenge you to take a good look at yourself in the mirror. And I challenge your motives and your heart and even your spiritual walk. It is time, you guys, for all of us to wake up, to put on 
our trust seatbelt on and to allow God to take us where he wants to regardless of where and how he wants to take us there. Because it is time, it is time, you guys, for us to wake up. I mean, haven't you noticed how much more people are depressed that you talk to? Haven't you noticed that the news puts on what they want to put on? They they like people to feel hopeless. And I feel like a lot of people that I've been talking to are feeling hopeless. And I feel like God, and God only alone, could fill that void. And he could make us have hope even in a hopeless situation. He could pick us up just like he picked up. Jesus picked up his cross for you and I. He could do the same for you. Thank you, Impact, for allowing me to be here. I seriously, I miss you guys so much, so much. I miss the interaction. I just miss you guys. Um, God bless you abundantly. I'm going to pray, but I do hope to see you guys soon. I hope you're blessed abundantly. I'm going to pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for what we do have, Lord. Uh, Again, I pray for every single one who is hurting physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, who are broken during this time, Father God, and maybe blaming you for, again, their circumstances that may not seem fair, that they don't understand. And it's okay to not understand, Lord, but to blame you, Father God, it's not right, Lord. I, I pray that they come to know you again, Lord. And that they come back to you with a further understanding of loving you and what it means to love you through the good, the bad, and the ugly, Lord. Oh, I love these people. But man, Lord, you love them so much more. Will you cleanse us from the inside out, Lord? If there's any sin that we've been living with, Father God, that at this altar call that I I give after we pray that they would come up, Father God, and pray with us, Lord. That they would have... That you would just use your grace and your mercy, Lord, for all of us here today. Lord, we love you and we thank you for this day that you've given us. And let us not take it for granted. And let's not do woe is me anymore, Lord. And when those thoughts come and arise, let us remove them and let us be strong, bold, and confident. Sons and daughters, for you, just like you are for us, Lord. We love you. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, At this point in time, um, there are two names. If you're watching online, there will be two prayer counselors that you've probably seen throughout the service. And um, we'll pray for you. I don't know who's going to be the prayer counselors, but I know this. Either all of them, both of them, will be amazing. Whoever you decide to pick up the phone, no matter if it's as small as a paper cut to something as big as wanting to get baptized or you've been backsliding, come to know Christ. Come to know him today. If it's as big as you wanting to be baptized or you didn't know Christ, but you're leaving here today a new creation, man, that would be amazing. Or if you just need prayer of any kind, come, come. And then you who are live watching, I hope I didn't talk too much, but I hope you're blessed abundantly. Come to one of us who are here live in service today. And we're here to pray for you, whatever your need is. As I said, anything from small to huge, we're here for you. We love you. And remember this, 
when life gets hard, when life throws challenges at you, keep your chin up because God has your back. May we all walk in faith, fight the good fight, and the battle has already been won.